0: Hey everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Vegas Therapist. I am your host Ryan Winder, and remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas. As I bring you helpful tips in all sorts of topic areas with a Vegas twist, of course. So let's get the show started. All right, welcome, welcome everybody. It's good to have you in for another episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, I've got a great show for you today. I want to talk a little bit about grief and how we're all feeling that right now, um, whether we know it or not. But before I get to that, I just want to talk about a couple other things that have come up. First is, um, I wanted just to share a uh, review that the uh, Lister sent in after last week's episode with my mom. I really appreciated them sending this in, and so I wanted to read it because, one, just thought it was great, and two, it c- gives a lot of credence to my mom and, and what she did last week and opening up and talking about her story. So the listener says, I absolutely love the podcast with the Vegas Therapist mom. In particular, I loved how relatable his mom is and that she does not sugarcoat the realities of life struggles. She genuinely shared all the ups and downs of health struggles and disappointments. Most of all, I was struck with the connection I felt towards her without even having met her. I love the relationship between her and her son and the admiration they have for each other. It definitely made for a special Mother's Day for me by listening to this podcast. So thank you again, listener, for writing that and for sending that in. And, and obviously, if anybody else ever has any feedback or, or wants to send in a note, they can message me at Therapist at gmail.com, or you can join the Facebook group page, Ryan Weiner, The Vegas Therapist Podcast Group and share or stay in contact that way as well. So once again, thanks for writing that and appreciate all the feedback I get for the show and your suggestions on topics and and things of that nature. So, all right. Um, I was going to just jump right into the grief, but something came up on the news today that I wanted to touch on just because it has to do with mental health and also things that we're going through. I know a lot of us feel sometimes we're the only ones that are struggling or we feel a sense of. Uh, people maybe be embarrassment if we came out with how we were really feeling. Um, and so Michael Phelps, there came a, there was a story on ESPN today about Michael Phelps, and um, he's had and shared about his struggles with mental health, in particular anxiety and depression in the past. Um, but there was a story in relation to the pandemic, and the title was Michael Phelps, This is the Most Overwhelmed I've Ever Felt. Was the quote that he shared, and so the article starts out with a simple question: "How are you?" Something that I've tried to touch base with people on through the um, Facebook group page is just "How are we doing?" and and you'll notice that when I do that, I say, "Hey, um, try to be vulnerable, try to be open, try to be honest. Don't just tell us the things that we're hearing or that we think you we think that we should say, but tell us how you're really feeling." And so, so the article starts: "How are you?" Um, And then it goes into, we are asked that question every day, but how often do we just say fine or good or move on? How often do we actually admit the truth to ourselves as well as others? You want to know my truth? How am I doing? How am I handling the quarantine and the global pandemic? Put it this way, I'm still breathing. It's been one of those months nonstop, my mood jumping up and down and all around. The pandemic has been one of the scariest times I've been through. I'm thankful that my family and I are safe and healthy, and I'm grateful that we don't have to worry about paying bills or putting food on the table like so many other folks right now. But still, I am struggling. Before, um, and he kind of goes on to say, the thing is, and people who live with mental health issues all know this, it never goes away. You have good days and bad days, but there's never a finish line. I've done so many interviews after the Rio games with the story is the same. Michael Phelps opened up about depression, depression, Went into a treatment program, won gold in his last Olympics, and now is all better. I wish that were the truth. I wish that were that easy. But honestly, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, that's just ignorant. Somebody who doesn't understand what people with anxiety or depression or post-traumatic stress disorder deal with has no idea. And really, to be blunt, the media is a part of that. So anyway, uh, just thought I'd want to share that with my listeners out there just to let them know it's okay. To not be okay, I know that's one of the messages I've sent throughout this whole time is that it really is okay to not be okay. and you'll notice that even though he's grateful for the things that he has and for the ability to provide for his family, he's still struggling and that's okay too. Um, just because we can stay grateful for the things that we're grateful for and still have a sense of not being okay and um, and still feeling the things that everybody else is feeling, the struggles, the ups and downs. Uh, the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, whatever it may be. So, um, hopefully, that helps. Um, if you want to check out the full story, go to ESPN and look at it on there. And uh, I think it's a it's a great read, and it's a great he's a great advocate for um, for mental health issues and dealing with them and not being ashamed of them. So, uh, thanks, Michael Phelps, for that. Um, all right. So, uh, to get to the topic today, what if I told you then um, that what you've been feeling the last few months is grief? Some of you may quickly say, no, I've just been mad or pissed or sad or frustrated, um, but whatever the number of feelings that may be associated with all this, um, that's maybe where you go to. But I still think that um, as more I've looked into it, the more I think that we what we're really experiencing is grief. And the reason that I want to address this is because if we don't name something, then we can't feel it for what it is and we can't move on from it. So we have to know what it is, we have to name it, we have to feel it in order to, to move on. So... Um, Just in thinking about what grief is, I thought it'd be good to start out with, well, we all know, and I'm sure we've all heard it before, the five stages of grief and what those are, but I thought I'd just review them really quick. The first one is denial, which is a disbelief in either in what is happening or in something that we may be feeling. So that might look like I may tell myself I'm fine, but really I'm not fine. And so we stay in that state of denial. Uh, Another phase is anger. Um, I think that one's easy. Uh, Most of us have probably felt some type of anger over all this. That's probably the easiest one to identify with. Uh, Bargaining is another one. That's not so much a feeling. Um, It's just more of a way of trying to figure out a way out of this or bargaining with probably with a higher power or God about doing something to get out of grief. Um, Depression is another one. And of course, again, that's type of sadness over any loss that we felt. Again, I think that's another one that people have uh, dealt with or identified with a great deal. And then finally, we move into the into acceptance. And this is where I think many of us are struggling as well is that, you know, what are we trying to accept? I know a lot of us don't want to accept um, kind of what's in front of us. And so we kind of push that off. Um, so there may be some current or past losses that we need to accept. But there's also very much the reality of the future losses that could be a part of this as well. Will life even be the same? What will normal life look like in the future? And so as we're kind of experiencing these different losses and trying to move towards a sense of acceptance, it's like, you know, what are we ultimately accepting? And I think a lot of us are fighting that um, because we don't want to accept this, quote unquote, new normal that's being put on us. We want to go back to, uh, you know our old normal and kind of the way we lived. And, you know, and obviously I think for a lot of people, you know, we can still take a lot out of this, whether it's slowing down a little bit and spending more time with family. But I still think that we want to feel a greater sense of normalcy than what maybe is being thrown at us. Um, And so these stages are all very fluid. I know there's been times for me that I traveled down the path of acceptance only to be met with more anger. And then the whole thing just falls apart. Um, so I feel like I can be back at square one in a moment. and then sometimes I don't even know if I grasp all the losses that I may be grieving. So I have to really look at that. you know what what are those losses? What do they look like? what what may I be completely uh, feeling at this time? and and maybe some of those losses I won't even know until later on because it's hard to to know exactly what's going to be taken from us. Um, but I also know, so on top of the fact that we're feeling a number of different, Uh, feelings in relation to those losses, um, I think they all come with a varying degree of pain as well. Some losses are more heavy for us. Some are easier to kind of move on from. Um, And I think, you know, whether it's the loss of normalcy, the loss of connection, the loss of gatherings, the loss of an event, the loss of a sports team or sports in general, the loss of celebrations, the loss of a time to mourn with those that are mourning, I think that's the one that's really hit me a lot. Is I've seen people have real losses, the death of loved ones, and they haven't been able to really mourn the same. I'm definitely grateful that I haven't had to experience that. But as I see people that have to go th- go through that, my heart really goes out for them, goes out to them because I think how are they dealing with that in such a in such a in such a way to where they can't really grieve or mourn with the people that they would really want to mourn with in this, in the way that they'd want to mourn with them. So, and you know, again, obviously the loss of celebrations of events, graduations, things of that nature, that's all a part of it too. Um, so whether, like I said, it's the high school senior that has the loss of a graduation day with friends and family, something that they've been on a journey for, for a long time. And we're looking forward to for such a long period of time. Um, I've had people share that they haven't been able to see, um, a newly born grandson in four months. That's a loss. Losses, um, have been ultimately they've been extensive and extensive, and they've also been complicated. Um, you know, and I think not only, um, along with this, are we grieving losses, um, multiple losses, but we're also feeling different forms of grief. Um, and in addition to what we would, we would consider normal loss kind of grief. Um, what we've been mainly talking about, we are also experiencing what's called anticipatory grief. And this is usually felt when a loved one is diagnosed with some type of terminal illness um, or something of that nature. But during this pandemic, our anticipatory grief is directed towards the future and what the future holds and whether or not, you know, again, like what, what will the losses be as we kind of move towards the, the future? Um, there's a great deal, obviously of uncertainty with that, that surrounds all this. And so what losses will we have? Like I said, in the future, will they be temporary? Will they be permanent? And so with that, much of that grief goes unresolved, um, because there really is no certainty towards it. And when we have that unresolved grief or that grief that we're not able to, to really identify with, or be able to, to have some acceptance with, because it's hard to accept something that is, uh, is so uncertain then we just are kind of left feeling um, maybe hollow, I, I guess would be a good word, um, or we're left feeling um, empty at, at some level. And then it's kind of back into those other emotions of um, feeling sad, feeling down, feeling um, depressed, feeling angry, and just kind of you know um, replicates itself. So as you look at this and as you think about um, the, this process of grief, uh if you're like me you think well what can i do about this knowing that we are grieving what can we now do as a result of what we're experiencing and that's i think where we all want to get to is that if you know we want to get to the solution we want to feel differently we don't want to feel as down we don't want to feel as upset so i think the first thing that we need to do is really just have a simple understanding of the stages of grief which i went through before um we have to know that they're fluid in nature they may not happen just kind of in a specific order they may be all over the place um, and in addition to knowing them and knowing how they operate, we need to be okay with whatever stage that we're in and the feelings that go along with them. And that means then to allow yourself t- to be angry if you're angry or sad if you're sad, whatever state that you're in, just let yourself feel that and be okay with it know that it's it's designed to help you get to a place of acceptance. So a lot of this podcast, um, Uh, came as a result of me listening to an episode with Brene Brown and David Kessler and his book Finding Meaning. And he talks a lot about grief and, and his book on grief was specifically written for the type of grief that we talk about mainly, which is death and loss, that kind of loss, but they were applying it to what we were going through. And so I wanted to share some of the things that I came across in that episode and just some of the things from his book that I think can be helpful to helping us move through this process and helping us to to deal with it in a more effective way and so um so in his book kessler says um about grief um and the book is called finding meaning uh he points out the importance of having our grief witnessed he he talks about and and so i think it's important to talk about what that means um, having our grief witnessed and according to kessler um, having your grief witnessed is the need for someone to be fully present the magnitude of their loss without trying to point out the silver lining. Okay. So being able to have somebody fully present with us and not have that person try to point out a silver lining. So if you're like me, um, when you heard that statement, uh, I felt when I, when I first read it in the book, um, like I was getting kicked in the nuts or the teeth or whatever you relate to the most. Um, and all the people that I tried to point out a silver lining to when they were in grief came flooding back to me and I just wanted to kind of crawl in a hole or really kind of reach out to them and apologize. Cause I know I've done that. I know I've, um, been sitting across from somebody in the, in the therapy room. Um, they've been sharing their grief and I've done that very same thing where maybe they just wanted to express that and just need somebody to be fully present for that. And I tried to pull out the silver lining. And so, um, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing, but you know, it's not, um, really what they need in order to have their grief witnessed. And, you know, I think when we think about, well, what is that silver lining or what are some of the things that we do or say, um, like what are some silver lining statements? Um, well, when it comes to death, I think one that a, a lot of times you hear is people will say, well, they're in a better place, you know? And it's like, well, if I'm in the midst of the grief, And, and I really have this sense of loss or connection to somebody that just died. Well, I don't think they're in a better place. I think the place that, that, that I want them to be is still here with me, um, regardless of whatever better place there might be for them. I think that that better place is right here with me right now. And, um, and so hearing that again, the silver lining talk kind of takes away that that sense of having their grief witnessed for what it is at that moment. Um, I think right now, as we deal with the pandemic, um, there's also silver lining statements, again, that I've been guilty of, you know, whether it's, hey, be glad that you're working. We're all going through it together. Um, hey, we get to slow down um, and enjoy things, we enjoy our families, which, again, can all be true in their own way. And maybe they are silver linings. But sometimes we're in, there in the, we're in the midst of pain or we're in the midst of loss. That's not what we want to hear. And, and I'm sure there are several other silver lining type um, statements that we've heard or that we've even probably said ourselves to people. Um, now, the one thing I want to point out, though, is that it's not the silver lining statements are always bad. It's really more about the timing and what the person needs from us in that moment. And so Kessler goes on to say that if the griever needs to remain in a dark place for a while, then trying to offer some kind of cheer will be very hurtful. Um, So we must really see the person we are trying to comfort. Loss can become more meaningful and more bearable when reflected and reflected accurately in another's eyes. So again, really seeing the person where they're at and knowing what they need And it's the timing. So it's not that silver linings can't be a good thing, but they may not be good for that moment. And something that I thought was very powerful about the statement or what stood out to me was where he said that the griever may need to remain in a dark place for a while. Now, how do we feel about that? What is that when we hear that? And we think about that, what does that do for us? I think a lot of times, um, as the listener, when we see somebody in a dark place, that creates discomfort in us. And so we create a situation where we try to pull someone out of that because we don't want to see them in that dark place. And maybe we're worried about what that might look like or what, might, what, what they might do or not do. Maybe they'll just be depressed and lay around for a while. And so we want to try to offer something up that can pull them out of that. But the reality is, is they may just need to be in that dark place for a while. And like I said, that can be uncomfortable for us, but we have to think about what they might need. Um, And I think another point that Kessler um, makes in all this too, is that if we try to avoid grief and sadness, so if we're the ones that are dealing with it, but we try to avoid it, something goes out of alignment with us. Our rhythm will will be out of whack. And so we lose something in ourselves when we don't stop and take time to grieve the losses that we have. And again, I think that that's what we're a lot of what time what we're experiencing right now is we're experiencing a lot of loss, we're experiencing a lot of um, grief and pain, and we're not maybe uh, dealing with it in the in the right way. And so if you know somebody that is going through this, it's important for you to offer up that maybe that person to be the listener for. Um, But remember, uh, no, they may not need that silver lining and they may need to be in that dark place for a while in order just to deal with that, deal with that loss. Um, and so finally, as we kind of go through this and we think about the things that we need to do, um, Kessler asks us to find meaning in our grief and a couple things about the meaning and how that kind of comes about is that, um, it first requires us to have acceptance with the loss. So we shouldn't even really try to find meaning in something until we have acceptance. Um, Otherwise, it really doesn't fall into place right and doesn't really work that well. Um, We also have to deal with the why questions. And ultimately, you know, our work is to really live with the questions and find meaning in the tragedy Um, because some of those why questions are just never going to be answered. And so if we continue to focus on them too much and allow them to drive our mindset um, then it may keep us away from finding the meaning in all this or the meaning in whatever w- loss that we're looking for. Um, the other thing he points out is that our ability to find meaning through our losses is a process. And for some, that process will be longer or lengthier than others. And some, you know, they'll get to a place of acceptance, they'll be able to find meaning in a very short time. And maybe, with some of the things that are going on for us right now, maybe that will be the case. We'll be quicker. We'll be able to find thing, find that sense of meaning in a shorter period of time, and there won't be a, a big issue. But some of the losses may take a longer period of time, and that's okay. Um, so when we're thinking about meaning and we're looking for a, a way to, to find meaning, there are some suggestions that he gives us about finding meaning. The first is that Meaning is relative and personal. So, whatever meaning you you take from something, that's yours. Um, it may be different for somebody else. Um, we're all going through different things and have this have maybe have similar losses, but what we take from it is personal to us. Also, meaning does not require understanding. Um, so, again, it's the why part. Like we don't necessarily have to know the why. We don't maybe have to understand it fully, but it's our ability to create meaning from it. Um, the other thing, meaning does not always equal the cost of the loss, meaning that basically the loss might be greater than whatever the meaning we take from it. And that's okay too. Some losses are fairly significant and, and they may not, um, the meaning that we come up with, it just may not equal out that, that loss. Um, another thing he says is meaningful connections will heal painful memories. So again, and I I think this is one of the struggles too. I mean, obviously um, those who are with their families and stuff like that, they have them to rely on. Some people have been held without friends. I think that that's been one of the struggles with people like seniors in, in high school and stuff like that is they're going through this loss, but they've also been isolated from their friends. They haven't been able to have those those connections to kind of go through together outside of just, you know, social media and video chat and stuff like that. But I think they're missing those connections. And so I think once they're able to get back to that place where they can connect and with those people, it will help to be able to help them to heal and help them to create meaning through all this, this loss. Um, And finally, the last thing is only you can find your own meaning. So, When we are on the outside looking in or when we're a listener or when when we're a parent or we're somebody that is seeing somebody that's experiencing grief and loss, um, they have to be the ones that find that meaning. Um, We can tell them what we think. We can tell them what we would want them to to have meaning for. But ultimately, um, you are responsible for creating your own meaning and only what you consider to be the meaning will be what fits for you. And so I think that's a really important key as we kind of go through this and we look to find ways to help others is just knowing that that final part is is theirs to do. So anyway, um, those are my thoughts on grief. Uh, I wanted to share that with you because I think it's an important thing that we we understand as we all have experienced losses at this time. And, you know, I think it's uh, it's definitely wearing on us. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are starting to feel more and more depressed and isolated and anxious. They just want to get back to, like I said, that that sense of being normal. Um, and I think this is a big part of doing that is coming to that acceptance, being able to find meaning, being able to heal, being able to allow ourselves to feel the feelings that we need to to get to that place. And also too, not being so quick to find those silver linings with people, allow them their process, allow them that time to be in that grief as uncomfortable as it may be for us to watch that's what they may need um i know one of the silver linings that have come out of this for me um speaking of silver linings but it's something you know it's been something good is like hey the last dance that's been great has been great to kind of relive those memories of of my um youth and high school years and watching the bulls and michael jordan and watching play and and just to kind of see the behind the scenes things so I guess that's one thing that's good that's come out of out of this is we got to watch the last dance and, and be able to enjoy that and have that trip down memory lane and share those things with my kids, um, share the type of competitor that Michael Jordan was and his desire to win and the type of person that it – or the type of, I guess, commitment that it took to win at that level. So I thought that was great, and that's my silver lining for today. But anyway, this has been The Vegas Therapist. Hope you're all well. Hope you – are able to take this stuff and go with it and be able to adapt it into your lives so that we can heal, that we can move forward and that we can find meaning in all this. And I will see you next time and have a good one.